Good morning, I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for February 22nd, 2022. It is George Washington's birthday today. We've been talking for some time about how the West has to take seriously the demands from Vladimir Putin that security guarantees for Russia be put into a legally binding treaty arrangement. The West insists this is not possible that the problem is that Putin is mobilizing for a war. And all the efforts of diplomacy, whether it's Macron's visit to Moscow, Olaf Scholz, uh, many other people have been there and, and had discussions. Lavrov has had meetings. What continues to come from the West is, well, we're willing to negotiate secondary issues, but not the primary issues of concern that you're raising, namely Ukraine, NATO membership, the deployment of potentially offensive weapons into Ukraine targeting Russia, and that Ukraine must abide by the Minsk agreements. Those have not been taken up by the United States and NATO. Uh, Macron tried to do something around Minsk, we think, but it didn't work. And so, as was predictable, and we warned about this, last night, the Russian Security Council met, and afterwards Putin had an announcement to make. Now, what he announced is the independence of the Donbas republics, the Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republics. These are the so-called breakaway republics in Ukraine, where the population rebelled against the laws passed by Kiev <clears throat> following the 2000. 14 Maidan revolution, which were unfavorable to the people of Ukraine, of, of Eastern Ukraine, including taking away their language culture. Now, ironically, in the United States, which is now seized by political correctness, we seem to be unable to recognize the oppression that was being imposed on the people in Donetsk and Luhansk by the Ukrainian Nazi movement which is embedded in the Ukrainian security and defense forces and which operates as a militia unit on its own, one of which is called the Azov Battalion. Instead of recognizing this as a serious threat, the U.S. has been telling Putin, back off, you have no right to place your troops on the border. Now, in announcing the independence yesterday, uh, Putin said he was responding to requests from leaders from these regions as well as a vote by the Russian Duma, the Russian Congress. And Putin also announced that there will be investigation and punishment of those responsible for the massacre in Odessa, that he demanded an immediate cessation of shelling and shooting along the line of contact, which is continuing and in fact escalating day by day. While you hear about all the Russian forces deployed, how often have you heard about the Ukrainian army deploying half of its units on the line of contact facing the region of the Donbas? Uh, and he also said Russia will prevent Ukraine from deployment of offensive weapons there. Now this was heightened, this demand was heightened following Zelensky, the president of Ukraine at the Munich Security Conference, saying that Ukraine is preparing to develop or would prepare to develop nuclear weapons for themselves. The idea of a Ukrainian nuclear power 
on Russia's border is horrifying to, the, to Putin and to the people of Russia, especially given the possibility that Zelensky could be overthrown and replaced by these hardcore right-wing nationalists who owe allegiance to their forefathers who were part of the Nazi SS in Ukraine during World War II. Now, Putin also was, uh, responded to the threat of sanctions, and he said, look, sanctions would be imposed regardless of what Russia does. And that's obviously the case, because sanctions were imposed on the Navalny case, on the Skripal case, both of which have never been fully investigated. Sanctions against Russia were, were following these uh, allegations of serial chemical weapon deployment by the government. All of these things were done without evidence and without actual diplomacy involved. So the continued shelling into Luhansk and Donetsk created an urgent situation that Putin reacted to. Now, there are reports that half of Donetsk lacks clean, fresh water, lacks any kind of water, and in Luhansk, the water supply has been shelled. Now, there was a public Russian Security Council meeting and two members of the Security Council requested that the West be given three more days to take up the uh, request that, the, um, the, the that there be an enforcement of the Minsk Accords. Lavrov said that wouldn't matter. We've seen months, years, where the two most important powers on this, Germany and France, refused to pressure Ukraine to live up to the agreements they signed. And Putin agreed with them. Uh, there was a report at this meeting from the Minsk, the representative of Russia at the Minsk contact group. And he said he expected no positive reaction to the Macron's initiatives. So given this and adding to this that the West would not acknowledge the shelling, uh, Putin felt he had no option except to move. Now what this means remains to be seen by granting independence to these two republics, he's not doing much more than what happened with Bosnia uh, during the Balkan War, where the UN and, and the rest of the world accepted the Declaration of Independence. But he is saying that if, if necessary, Russian troops will be moved in as peacekeepers. And the Ukrainians are saying that would be an invasion because those two areas are part of Ukraine. So that's where we stand on this situation. Again, as we said, very dangerous. But what makes it dangerous is that the West has refused to respond to reasonable requests for security guarantees. Now, in this line, Ursula von der Leyen, the, the uh, president of the European Union Commission, uh, had another freak out about the Russia-China agreement signed on February 4th. What she said and listen to these words. She said, they seek a new era to replace the existing international order. Well, that's not surprising. The existing international order is crumbling. It's been based on the unipolar power of the US and NATO to impose its will. But then van der Leyen continued. She said, quote, they, referring to Russia and China, prefer the rule of the strongest to the rule of law. Intimidation instead of self-determination. Coercion instead of cooperation. Who's she talking about, Russia and China? Or about the Western unipolar powers? Are endless wars 
based on false pretexts? Are those examples of uh, the, the, aren't those examples, I should say, of the rule of the strongest imposing its will? Sanctions, the use of economic power to uh, punish people in countries which refuse to submit to the so-called rules-based order? Isn't that intimidation and coercion? Everything she said about Russia and China is not true about Russia and China, but is true about the Western order that she's defending and which is crumbling <coughs> in front of them. So what's needed is a new security architecture. This was the subject of the Schiller Institute conference on February 19th. The Russian deputy ambassador to the United Nations, Polyansky, said that Russia is still open to diplomacy. Is the West, or has it already been decided, as Putin said, that Russia must be destroyed economically? Ultimately, what we're seeing is the extension of the idea of color revolution and regime change to Russia and China, no longer to Iraq, to Syria, to Libya, to smaller countries, but to the two admittedly largest powers besides the United States in the world. Will Germany accept this? Will France submit to this? That's the question. And if the sanctions include sanctions against Nord Stream 2, cutting off Russian gas or the possibility of opening, I should say, Russian gas to Europe, what's going to happen? The price of gas is going through the roof. The oil is nearly $100 a barrel as, in trading, as of trading this morning. What's going to happen in the United States? What's going to happen in Western Europe if the Russian energy supplies are cut off to try to punish Putin for asserting a defense of the human rights of the people in Donetsk, Donetsk and Luhansk? Does this mean war? Well, this is why we still must move to insist on this new security architecture. I implore you, Take the time to listen to Helga Zeppler-Rusch's address to the last Saturday's Schiller Institute conference. Think through what she's saying, and then act in whatever way you can to bring to the consciousness of other people that we could be sleepwalking into a nuclear World War III. For what reason? To defend a broken down order, which is presided over by incompetent and immoral elites such as Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, and Anthony Blinken. So thanks for joining us today, and I'll see you tomorrow.